Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so today we're starting a new book. This new book is First Kephas or First Peter. And so we're just going to jump right in, um, beginning with chapter one, verse one. And it reads, Peter, an apostle of Yahushua Mashiach to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. You know, this word strangers is parapiptimos, number 3927 in your strongs, and it speaks to an alien or a pilgrim. Mm. You know, we have Pontus, meaning the sea, Galatia, white, Cappadocia, province of, of good horses, Asia, which speaks to the Orient or to the East, Bithynia, a violent Russian. You know, I want you to know that parapiptimos, in this instance, would have been better translated as pilgrims in this instance. Um, lest one be inclined to think that Apostle Peter is speaking to the Gentiles because he isn't. He's addressing the Yahudah. Mm. You know, we know this for one because, you know, Galatians 2 8 teaches us, it says, you know, um, for he that wrought effectively in Kephas to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. You know, so Kephas essentially, you know, dealt with the uh, circumcision, that is, with the Yahud and with the um, children of Israel. You know, and then we have First uh, Kephas two eleven says, "Dearly beloved, I beseech thee, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul." Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, what Kephas or Peter is talking about. You know, when he's when he's um, saying he's speaking to the strangers, he's speaking to those who are in the world, but not of the world. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. You know, because those of us who are not of this world, but are in this world, are in this world as strangers and pilgrims. Even as the patriarchs was in, in the world as strangers and pilgrims. Amen? Amen. You know, this is uh, Yochanan 15, 19 that I'm referencing. It says, if ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. You know, so if you're not a pilgrim or a stranger, then you're not with Yahshua. Amen? Amen. You know, because he says he is, he have chosen out of the world. And if he's chosen you out of the world, then the world's going to hate you, yeah. you know, and you're going to be as a stranger or a pilgrim in the world. So I just wanted you to know he's not speaking to the Gentiles, you know, uh, Sometimes you see when it speaks to strangers, you know, it's actually speaking to Gentiles, but this is not the case with uh, with, with Apostle Peter. Amen? All right. First Kephas 1-2 says, elect according to the foreknowledge of Elohim the Father. And I just want to touch on that for a second. Um, Apostle Peter is not speaking of predestination right here. You know, he's speaking of how things were ordained from the very beginning, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, he goes on to say, you know, through sanctification of the Ruach unto obedience. So elect according to the knowledge of Elohim, according to the foreknowledge of Elohim the Father, through sanctification of the Ruach unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Yahushua Mashiach, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Now, I want you to understand, you know, uh, or take note that he says through sanctification of the Ruach unto obedience. Oh, yeah. You know, so take note that just because one has the Ruach Kadesh, just because they have the Ruach Kadesh does not mean that they're sanctified. Mm -hmm. 
You can have the Ruach Kadesh mm. and not be sanctified, yep. you know, because sanctification is of the Ruach, but it's unto obedience. Amen. Amen. You know, um, and I could have sworn I had put the definition of this word unto in there. I don't know where it went. Um, yeah, strange. You know, and I can't remember what it is, but I, I can tell you what it means. It means to, into, or towards. You know, so when it says unto obedience, it means to, into, or towards. So what, what uh, Apostle Paul is saying is that the elect according to the foreknowledge of Elohim, um, the Father, through sanctification of the Ruach unto obedience. So you have to have the sanctification of the Ruach unto obedience, you know? So that means the Ruach is gonna lead you towards obedience. Amen? Amen. It's gonna lead you to or into obedience. If you allow it, yeah, you can have a ruach and not allow it. Mm. Amen. Yeah. You know, so this is what I, I just want to make this point this out because you know some people think just because they had a ruach, you know, I'm sanctified, highly favored. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Amen. You know, depends on how obedient mm -hmm. you are to the ruach. You know, just remember all of Israel that came out of Misraim. What are, were they not led by the Ruach? Yes. Did they not die in the wilderness? Yes. Selah. Right. You know, so I want you to know, just because you have the Ruach doesn't necessarily mean that, that you're, you're sanctified, you know. Now, to, uh, to help understand this and why it's unto obedience, let us consider... First, um, not first Yochanan, but Yochanan 16, 13, and Yochanan 17, 17 through 20. My first reader, please. Howbeit, when he, the rock of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, and he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, shall he speak. He will show you things to come. All right, hold, hold on, hold on right there just for a second. All right, so. You know, what Apostle Paul, um, Apostle Peter, rather, is talking about is sanctification of the Ruach. Okay, now, first of all, you need to know who the Ruach is. You know, the Ruach that, that Yahshua sent is the Ruach of truth. Amen? Amen? You know, and so this is what Yochanan 16, 13 is teaching us, you know, and elsewhere teaches us that the Ruach that was sent to us is the Ruach of truth. And he is to guide you into all truth yeah amen so this is how we get to sanctification is via the ruach which is the ruach of truth and he is the leading guidance into all truth now that would be it would be very helpful at this point if we understood what truth is amen. scripturally speaking amen? amen all right uh brother Deshaun, can you read yokanah 17 17 through 20 to teach us what truth is Sanctifies him, sanctify them through the truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent also them into the world. For their, for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me 
Through, through the word, through their word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So in Yochanan 16, 13, we learned who the Ruach is. He's even the Ruach of truth. Amen. Yeah. You know, and so Yochanan 7, 17, 17 taught us what truth is. He says, thy word yeah. is truth. Yeah. All right. So yeah. if the Ruach is the Ruach of truth and his word is truth, then we can also just as um, it would be synonymous to say that the Ruach is the Ruach of the word. If the Ruach is the Ruach of truth and the word is truth, then the Ruach must also be the Ruach of the word. Can you see that? Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. All right. You know, and, you know, I love, I love verse 19 because Yahshua says, and for their sakes, I sanctify myself. <laughs> he say, I sanctify myself. Why does he say he sanctify himself? Even because he is the truth. You know, so he don't need the Ruach to sanctify him through the truth because he is the truth. Amen. You know, he says that they also might be sanctified through the truth. You know, and, you know, because the Ruach that he sends to sanctify us is the the Ruach of truth, and his word is truth. You know, now, and again, in verse 20, he says, you know, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Who is he talking about right there? Us. Us, absolutely. Because we are the ones who believe because of the apostles' words. Because yeah. none of us met Yahshua in and of ourselves. We didn't hang out with him. We, we didn't see him when he walked, walked upon the earth. We just had a report from them. Amen? Amen. You know, and we believe. You know, so he was praying for us even back then. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. What a wonderful era we yeah. serve. Right? Hallelujah. All right, let's go to verse three. Woo. It says, first, keep us one, three. Blessed be the Elohim and father of our Adonai, Yahushua Mashiach, which according to his abundant mercy have begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of the Yahushua Mashiach from the dead. It says by a lively, you know, that word lively speaks to um, life or living. You know, so it's unto a, a living hope, you know, or a life of hope, if you will. Yeah. All right. Um, I just figured I'd throw that in. But we're going to deal with this, this have begotten us again, you know, because, you know, this is, this is where I came to and, and y'all, y'all had me here for a minute and I was, I'm like, yeah, you want me to? dig into this you know and um i dug into it a little bit and i, and I kept it moving and then um he told me no i want you to i want you to take it to, i want you to go go all the way mm -hmm. so i had to back up mm -hmm. and pull the shovel back out yeah take the axe pick back out and dig some more mm -hmm. now i don't want nobody throwing nothing at me now this this uh this about to step on some toes right here. I'm just just warning you. This about to step on some toes. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So you know he says, 
Blessed be the Elohim, my father, of our Adonai, Yahushua Mashiach, which according to his abundant mercy, according to his abundant mercy, have begotten us again. Mm -hmm. Anybody been begotten again? Oh, All right. We're going to see. That's, um, let me have my next reader read. Yochanan, three, three through six. You know, because it's speaking about being begotten again. To be begotten means to be um, born again. Amen? Amen. You know, and so, you know, this is a rematch for us to go to where Yeshua is talking about being born again. Amen? So that's where we're going to go. It's found in Yochanan chapter three, verse three through six. My next reader, please. Yeshua answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of Elohim. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Yeshua answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except the man be born of water and of the Ruach, and he cannot, he cannot enter into the kingdom of Elohim. That which he is born of the flesh is the flesh. And that which is born of the Ruach is Ruach. Hallelujah. Yeah. All right. That's good stuff right here. Yeah. All right. Got a question for you. Pop quiz. What does verily, verily tell us concerning this passage? Yes, yes, yes. It, he is very serious. Yes, it is true. You know, but whenever you see this, what you say, Brother Deshaun? Pay close attention. Yes. Whenever you see verily, verily, that means you need to understand this. That's Yah's way of saying you need to understand this. This is something that's crucial. You know, and so, of course, it says verily, verily twice in this passage. So this is something that's hugely important for us. Amen. Amen. So I want you to get that. I want you to understand that because we, you know, we that means we need to understand this. So I'm we're gonna understand it before yes, it's over. Yes. Amen. Yes. All right. Also, another question. How many births is Yahshua speaking of here? Just to make sure we all on the same page. All right. Anybody else? We have two. Anybody only see one? I see one. Yeah, he's talking about being born again. The question is, how many verses Yahshua is speaking of here? I say one. One birth. Some, some say two. Yeah. Huh? Because if he said being born again, then he's not doing it the same way, though. He's sort of referencing the initial being born. And then there's born of water. Spirit. Born of flesh. So is flesh in our initial birth? I'm looking for a number. I said, how many births? Just give me a number. All right, we got four, we got one, we have two. The correct answer is three. Okay. <laughs> All right, the correct answer is three. Can anybody name the three now that you know how many there are? Sister Lisa, name the three for Absolutely. Flesh, water, and spirit. There are three births being spoken of here. You know, and I'm going to point it out to you. 
What is born of flesh? That's one type of birth, born of flesh. Amen. Amen. What is born of water? That's another type of birth, born of water, right? Yeah. And was born of the Ruach or spirit. Yeah. That is three births that's being spoken of here. We all on the same page? Yeah. Everybody see that? Yeah. All right. Can we move forward? Yeah. All right. That's what Yahshua means. Yahshua says, except a man be born of water and born of Ruach and born of flesh. We're going to move forward. I'm not trying to leave nobody behind. We're going to get into this, you know, but you got to, you know, slow your roll now. We, 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 we move, you know, but we got to make sure you on the first page before we go to page two or three, right? You know, all right, so let's go, go back up to verse three. He says, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of Elohim. So you have to be born again to even see the kingdom of Elohim. You know, now Yochanan 3, 6 says that which is born of flesh is flesh. So we're going to deal with the birth of the flesh first. And that which is born of the Ruach is Ruach, you know, but we're going to deal with uh, what's born of the flesh first. Now, I'm going to show you an example because uh, I should have put it up here, but 1 Corinthians 10 teaches us that the things of Israel happened unto them as examples for us. Amen? Right. So when we want to try to understand something, we go to the example to help us understand. All right? So we're going to go back to Israel to help us understand what Yahshua is talking about. Because that's who he's referencing. You know, now it says in Numbers 14, 22 and 23, it says, because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Mitzrayim and in the wilderness and have tempted me now these 10 times and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land, which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoke me, see it. You know, now I pray that y'all open your eyes to see that even though these people were baptized, because as 1 Corinthians 10 teaches us, they all was baptized through the Reed Sea, you know, which uh, was a type of Yahshua. Right. Amen. You know, so they were baptized. So, but even though these people were baptized, they were not fathered from above. That is, they were not born again. Therefore, they were not allowed to see the kingdom of Elohim. Are you with me? You know, and why do you think I, I called the um, land of Canaan the kingdom of Elohim? It's because it was the kingdom of Elohim. You know, Yah was, was the king over Israel in the land of Canaan. We learned this in 1 Samuel 8, 7. It says, and Yahuwah said unto Samuel, and then we jump forward and it says, they have rejected me. This is Yahuwah speaking. You know, Yahuwah said, they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. So you see, Yahuwah was reigning as king over Israel while they were in the land of Canaan. Because the land of Canaan is was, was and is a type of the kingdom of Elohim. Amen? And what did Yahshua say? Yahshua said, that 
if a man is not born again, he cannot see the kingdom of Elohim. And here it is, we see that Israel that came out of Mitzrayim, they did not get to even see the land. Amen? Amen. You know, and that's even because they were not born again. All right, everybody still with me? Yes. All right, we're going to keep it moving. Now, Yochanan 3.5 said, except a man be born of water and of Ruach, he cannot enter into the kingdom of Elohim. Now, so what does this teach us concerning Moshe? Because we know Moshe did not enter the kingdom of Elohim, did he? He didn't get to enter, did he? I know you don't believe me. I know somebody don't believe me. So I'm going to have somebody read Deuteronomy 32, 49 through 52. Because I know somebody don't believe me. So we're going we're gonna to validate that. Get thee up into this mountain, Abram, unto Mount where Mebo, which is in the land of Moab, that is over against Jericho and behind the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel for possession, and die in the mount, whether that whether thou goest up and be gathered unto the people, as Aaron thy brother died in the mount, or and was gathered unto his people because you trespass against me among the children of Israel at the waters of Meribeth Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin because ye sanctified me not in the midst of the children of Israel ye thou yet thou shall see the land before thee but thou shalt not go thither unto the land which I give the children of Israel. Hallelujah. All right, so here it is. Yah is telling Moshe. He said, go up into Mount Abarim and behold, that is, look, see the land of Canaan. Right. You know, so he was allowed to see it. Yeah. You know, now it says in verse 52, he says, yet thou shalt see the land, but thou shalt not go thither unto the land. So, you know, we can see that Moshe was allowed to see. I got a question. Why was Moses allowed to see it? He was allowed to see the land, but Aaron wasn't. Say again. It's not quite what I'm looking for. That's, that's not the subject we're dealing with. No, we, we just we just seen no they um not that wasn't it either. But are you talking about being born again and Of course. You know, so Moshe, obviously, if we going off of what Yahshua said, Yahshua said that which is um well, where is that? Uh except a man be born of water and of the rock he cannot enter into the kingdom you know so what what essentially what we're being showed here is that moshe was born again you know but he wasn't born of the water and the rock hello somebody remember there's three births 
There's three births. The first of um, um, Israel, they was only birthed of the flesh. Hence, they could not even see the land. Moshe was only born of the water. So he was able to see the land, but he couldn't enter into the land because he wasn't born of the water and the Ruach. Amen? Y'all still with me? Yeah. All right, come on. Let's 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 take this a little further. So he says, except a man be born of water and of Ruach, he cannot enter into the kingdom of Elohim. Mm -hmm. So obviously, Moshe had to be born again because he was allowed to see the land, mm -hmm. but he wasn't allowed to enter it. So he must have been born of water, but not the Ruach. Now, question: what does water represent throughout scriptures? For whatever it represents, one must be born of it as well because they're synonymous. Amen? Yeah. So what does water represent throughout Scripture? The water, uh, the Information. Say, say again. Information. Not quite. Come on, I know somebody was in the discipleship yes, course out there. <laughs> What you say, brother? Al? I said, yeah, true. True, absolutely. That's what it is. True. Remember that. Wherever you see water, yeah, it can speak to counsel because you have different types of truth. You have truth that that will counsel you. You have also truth that will damn you. Amen. You know, so you know, um, you have different types of truth, just like you have different types of water. Amen. But generally speaking, water speaks to truth. Amen? Remember that. All right, so let's see if we can validate that. We have Psalms 119, 160. You know, this is coming from the scriptures. It says, the sum of your word is truth. You know, and all your uh, righteousness, all your righteous right rulings are forever. You know, so Water represents truth. And truth actually represents the word. Right. You know, and so this is what we said in Psalms 119, 160. I think I got my uh, references uh, um, flip-flop, but it's all right. You'll see it. Uh, so here it is. What I'm trying to get you to see is that throughout scripture, water is a symbol for truth. Okay. And truth actually, you know, is a symbol for the word or the word is truth. Amen. Amen. You know, we read in, in uh, Yochanan 17, 17, it says, thy word is what? True. All right. So we have Psalms 119, 160 saying the sum of your word is what? True. All right. And then we have Yochanan 8, 31 and 32. It says, then say Yahushua to those Yahudim which believed on him. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So again, implying that his word is truth. And of course, his word is truth because he was the truth. Amen. And because the word and truth are synonymous. He's also called the word. Yeah. Amen? Amen. So 
I pray that you can see how this works. All right. You know, now, what does scripture teach that truth is? For whatever truth is, one must be born of that as well. And I just told you, um, actually, I got the uh, references flip-flop. So, um, so truth is the word. So you can say that you have to be born, you have to be born again of water, or you can say you have to be born again of truth, or you can say you have to be born again of the word. You know, now, Ephesians 5, 26, and Yochanan 15, 3, you know, bear witness to the water representing truth. It says um, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. So you see the water is being, you know, uh, likened to the word. And also Yochanan 15, 3, now ye are clean through the word, which I have spoken unto you again, you know, equating the word with water, you know. So, anybody with me? Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> let's let's go. On, let's let's go on, and we're gonna take a look at part of Yochanan three five says, "Except a man be born of the ruach, he cannot enter into the kingdom of Elohim." You know. So we look took a look at Moshe, and we seen Moshe was. Uh, we've seen Israel, the bulk of Israel that came out of Mizraim, they were born of the flesh, and so they couldn't see the land. Amen. You know, but then we looked at Moshe. Moshe was born of the water. That is, he was born of the truth. He was born of the word. So he was able to see the land, but because he wasn't born of the Ruach, he was not able to enter into the land. Amen. And now we're going to see those who are born of the the um the work the water and the ruach and our examples of that of them are Joshua and Caleb you know and so what does this teach us about Joshua and Caleb it teaches us that they were born of the water and the ruach and we see evidences of this in numbers 14 and numbers 27 let me have my next reader read numbers 14 24 and numbers 27 18 through 20 please But my servant Caleb, because he had a different ruach in him and had swallowed my followed me completely, I shall bring into the land where he went regularly. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different ruach in him and has followed me completely, I shall bring into the land where he went and his seed shall dwell in heritage. Yahuwah said unto Moses, Take thee Joshua, the son of Nun, and a man in whom is the Ruach, and lay thy hand upon him, and set him before Elijah, Elazar, the priest, and before all the congregation, and give him a ch charge in their sight. And thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. Hallelujah. Thank you. Okay, so we see concerning Caleb, it says that Caleb would be allowed to go into the land because he has a different Ruach in him and has followed Yah completely. You know, so what? how did he follow Yah? Even by following his word. Amen. His word 
speaks to his truth. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, so this is showing that he was baptized, or I'm sorry, not baptized, but born again of the word. Or he was, you can say he was born again of the truth. Or you can say he was born of water. Because there are synonymous. Everybody still with me? Yeah. All right. But it says he had a different Ruach in him, showing that he was also born of the Ruach. Amen. Amen. And then in Numbers 27, we see it's speaking of Joshua, the son of Nun. It says, a man in whom is the Ruach. You know, and again, showing that both him and Caleb had the Ruach in them. Amen? Amen. You know, I don't have ESP, but I know somebody thinking. Mm. Well, didn't Moshe have the Ruach? He did have the Ruach. He had the Ruach on him. The Ruach was upon him. But with Caleb and Joshua, the Ruach was in him. It was in them. So it's a difference between the Ruach being on you and the Ruach being in you. Amen. You know, so I want you to I want you to see that. You know, now consider Numbers 2720. It says, and thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him. Now, normally, like when when he uh when Yah had Moshe lay hands on the elders. He took some of the spirit that was upon Moshe and put it on the elders. Remember that? Yeah. You know, but take note. He's not putting none of the spirit that's uh, that was upon Moshe upon um, Joshua. Why? Because Joshua had the Ruach in him. You know, so he didn't need the spirit to be put upon him. So that's why Yah says, put some of your thine honor upon him so just them showing just just you going through the motions of showing that you're passing the torch so to speak over to joshua as far as leadership yeah. you're bestowing that honor upon him yeah. but you wasn't you wasn't bestowing your your, your um your, your ruach the ruach wasn't being passed over yeah. to him because he already had the ruach in him you know which was we was told on 18 you know so that's the difference that's the difference and I want you to I want you to think about I want you to think about Joshua you know well you, you got to know your scripture to think about him in this respect you know but I want you to think about you know how it spoke about everywhere where Moshe went Joshua was right there yeah. right. and it even spoke about when Moshe went in in the tabernacle woo, to speak with Yah and go go back out and speak to the people Joshua was still in the tabernacle with Yah. Woo! It's a difference from having the Ruach on you than in you. Amen? You know, the apostles, did they have the Ruach? Did the Ruach come upon them or did it go in them? It absolutely went in them. It says that they were filled. Yeah, with, yeah. with his ruach. Right. Amen? Yes. It's a difference. Yeah. I know in and on don't make no difference to most people. Mm. Yeah. They, go, they go right by that. Mm. See, but this is why I teach, you know, to 
be able to see the distinctions mm -hmm. that scripture is making because they're those distinctions are there for a reason. They're yeah. there to help you to understand. Yeah. Yes. You know, but most people just gloss right over and they don't see them. You know, but that's a different chapter in the same book, but you know, we're not on that chapter. So Yokanah 3 6 says, that which is uh it says, and that which is born of the Ruach is Ruach. So this is what we're seeing here. We're seeing we're seeing a picture of Joshua and Caleb that were born of the Ruach. They had the Ruach in them. So when you're born of the Ruach, you had a Ruach in you. Amen. You know, and this is why they were allowed to go into the land because they were born um, both of the Ruach and of the word. They were born of the word and the Ruach. And that's why they were able to enter into the kingdom. So again, you know, original Israel that came out of Mitzrayim that went into the wilderness, they were not able to go into the land because they were not they were only born of the flesh. They were not born of the water um, nor of the spirit. So they were not able to even see the land. Moshe was born of the water, but he was not born of the Ruach. You know, the Ruach was upon him, but the Ruach wasn't in him. Hence, he was not able to enter into the land, yet he was able to see the land. You know, and Joshua and Caleb, they were born of the, of the um, water, and of the Ruach, hence they were able to enter into the land. I pray you can see that. Yes. I pray that you can see Yahshua is speaking about three different births. Yeah. You know, everyone that is here have, have at least one of those births because you're in the flesh. So you have been born of the flesh. Mm -hmm. Now, you're not going to be born of the word unless you adhere to the word. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's no way that you're going to be born of the word without following the word. Mm -hmm. You know, this is why it said of Caleb, he had followed me completely. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, so if you're going to be born of the word, you're going to have to follow the word completely. You know, so. If, you, if you're not born of the word, then you're just going to die in the wilderness. You're not even going to be able to see the land. You can't even see the kingdom of Elohim. And if you do so happen to follow the word, you know, and be born, born of the word or born of water, then if you're not born of the spirit, you're not, you'll be able to see the kingdom, but you won't be able to enter in. So you have to have three births to get into the kingdom of Elohim. You have to be born of the flesh, born of water, and born of the Ruach. Amen? Yes. All right. I pray somebody got something out of that. Yeah, hallelujah. You know, oh, there it is. There's my unto. Let me have my next reader read First Kephas 1, 4, and 5. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled in that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Who are kept by the power of Elohim through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Okay, so verse five says, Who are kept by the power of Elohim through faith. You know, this is how you're going to be kept. You're going to be kept through faith. This word faith is pistis in the Greek, it's number 4102. You know, and it it essentially it speaks to persuasion. Persuasion via moral conviction or persuasion through scripture, you know, uh, 
uh, you could say, whenever you're persuaded via scripture, that is faith. But what I want you to see and what I want you to understand is that only having faith does not mean that one is saved. You know, because that faith has to go unto salvation. And this, that's a big little word. This word unto is ice in the Greek, number 1519, and it means to or into or towards. So what we're being told here is through faith, you know, or, be, or through persuasion of scripture, one has to go to salvation. If you are here and you have to go to the house, then you're not at the house. If you are here and you have to go into the house, then you're not in the house. If you are here and you have to go towards the house, then you're not at the house. So just because you have faith, you're not at salvation. You're not in salvation. I pray you can see that. Now, why is this? Because obviously we do need faith. And the reason is, is even as um, Yaakov or James tells us in 2.17, it says, even so faith, if it have not works, is dead being alone. So if your faith is lonely, if your faith is dead, then it's not going to get you unto salvation. Right, right. Anybody still with me? Yes. Let me have my next reader read verses six and seven of First Kings. When ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaven heaviness through many fold temptation that the trial of your faith being much more precious than it than of gold that perishes through it be tried with fire might might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Yeshua Messiah hallelujah so hereby we learn that our faith will be tried this way all may see whether or not it be alone Everybody will be able to see if their faith is alone or if it's accompanied by works. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? You know, so this way, can't nobody get before y'all and say, no, nah, you just doing me ball. You just doing me ball. You're not, you're not treating me right. No, everybody can see whether or not your faith is dead, that is, being alone, or does it have works accompanying it? You know, and so... You know, just an example of what that looked like. I like to use this analogy of someone, you know, that's starving, you know, they're homeless, they're starving, you know, and here it is, they come upon this, this uh, fruit stand. And, you know, let's just say that they know the owner of the fruit stand or, or they don't have to, but they come upon this fruit stand. And so they have in their heart that they're going to ask for something to eat because they're, they're starving, you know, and they get to the fruit stand and the attendant is not at the fruit stand. Mm -hmm. And they look around and they don't see the attendant. They look under the fruit stand, they look around the fruit stand, they look in back of the fruit stand, they don't see nobody nowhere. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, 
that thinking like, okay, nobody's here. You know, maybe they're in the back, maybe they're using the bathroom or something, you know, and they call out and nobody comes, you know? And so they're looking at all this food that they're surrounded by, you know, at this fruit stand. And they're thinking, well, nobody would know if I just took a little something, you know? I'm not trying to clean them out. I'm just hungry. I just want something, something to eat, you know? And so they get ready to reach forth their hand to grab a few items and they hear a small, still voice says, thou shalt not steal. Amen? All right. So now when they hear that, they're persuaded to not take anything and just come back. Now, that persuasion is faith. That is the truth. That is the true essence of faith. That persuasion by religious conviction, by moral truth, that persuasion by scripture that says thou shalt not steal, that's persuading this person not to take nothing even though there's no attendant around. Now, they can either adhere to that persuasion and don't take nothing, or they can go against that persuasion and take something anyway. If they adhere to that persuasion, then their faith goes on living, and the just shall live by faith. But if they go against that persuasion and take something anyway, seeing that no one's around, then that that faith died. It died. There, it's alone. It, it's not accompanied by the work. So you understand how your faith can die and how your faith can go on living? How the just shall live by faith? You know, so if your faith doesn't have works accompanied to it, it's dead and you you right behind it. Say lot. You know, so this is why our faith will be tried. Not just so that y'all can know, because he know, but it's he already know, but it's so that you can know and the people around you can know. Our faith will be tried, though it be tried with fire. And this is what Yochanan and Mercer was talking about. He said, yes, I baptize you with water, but there's one who's coming after me whose shoe latches I'm not even worthy to tie. He shall baptize you with fire and with ruach. Or with ruach and with fire. Amen? Amen. You know, so I'm trying to get you to see. You know, you, your faith got to be accompanied by your works. You know, otherwise it just died and you die with it. Amen. You know, and just because you have faith don't mean you say, you know, it has to be accompanied with some works. You know, now I want you to think about that. And I want you to think about all these folks that teach that the law is done away with. Where your works going to come from? Where your works gonna come from? Right. If when the word say don't do not steal, you say that's done away with and take the fruit anyway and cause your cause your faith to die, where the works gonna come from? Say lie. 
All right, let me have my next reader read first. Uh, first Kefas. Yeah, that's that's good. I think we're gonna stop right here. It's a good place to stop. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm hot and I'm tired. You know. Yeah, I'm sure. Somebody put the head on All right. Yeah, we're gonna stop right here. We'll pick it up here uh, next week. I've been talking long enough. My mouth is dry. That's that's, that's usually a good indicator. You know. All right. So. I was good. <laughs> so you have Hallelujah. <laughs>